law of attraction helps us to shift our thinking in order to manage our vibration in order for us to attract into our life the results that we want. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. I hope you're doing well. Thank you so very much for joining us. And while I'm thinking about you, thank you so very much for all of the support that you've been providing and the feedback. I love reading through it each and every day. It just makes so much of a difference knowing that the show is making a difference for you. Now, on today's show, I have the pleasure of welcoming author, speaker, and law of attraction expert, Zara Mahoon. Welcome to the show, Zara. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, absolutely. My pleasure. Now, you and I, we're going to be talking about how you help business owners and entrepreneurs create balance and reach their highest success and ultimate joy using the law of attraction. Now, this is a very deep topic that can go multiple directions. So before we do that, it's customary for, for us, uh, Zara, to spend a bit of time learning a little bit about you. So first things first, where are you calling in from today? Toronto. Canada. Toronto, beautiful. What's the weather like there at the moment? Beautiful. Yes. It is absolutely gorgeous. Now tell me, uh, what do you love about the place? Do you love walking? What's your thing? Yes, I do. I think we have so much natural beauty, trees. It's just beautiful. Absolutely. And, and that's and what I love. And, you know, we're going to be talking about the law of attraction. I think how you position yourself and where you position yourself on this beautiful, wide, wonderful world of ours um, has all a part to play with how I guess you feel about your, your space in the world. But uh, tell us a little bit about um, the things you like to do. Do you like to go out and socialize? What's, what's, your, what's the other part of your life like outside of business? Well, um, being a mother is a very important part of my life. And so I have two children mm -hmm. and I am very involved with what is happening in their lives. And uh, we are very close as a family. I also have two cats and a dog. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And so that, and then I have a very, very good network of friends. Excellent. Thank School. you very much. Thank you very much yeah. for sharing. Tell us a little bit about the type of dog you've got. I'm a dog lover myself. I have a Labradoodle. Oh, Labradoodle. Fantastic. Is he smart? She is very she, smart. Yes. <laughs> she, yes. She's, mid she's a mid-sized Labradoodle. She is such a friendly, beautiful, yes. beautiful, beautiful soul. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, they can make, um, a, 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 I guess, a grey day seem so much brighter, can't they? Absolutely. They're very loving, very affectionate. And um, I just love having her around. Yes, thank you again for sharing. Now, tell us a little about about cuisine. Do you have a particular food that you like? Do you like going out for dinner and that sort of thing? Yes, I do. I do. I love going out and I love cooking as well. Mm -hmm. And I like foods from all over the world. Fantastic. I, I, I love trying different things. And yes, are I you enjoy. A, are you a good cook, do you think? I am fabulous. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> what would have to be your favorite dish do you think 
Oh, it doesn't matter. It's whatever I'm cooking. I, I just love cooking. Yes. <laughs> well, speaking about your children, and I, I guess if we can roll back the, I guess the pages of time a little bit and talk about your childhood. Tell us a little bit about what your life was like growing up. My life was, um, I, I think I was a com confused child mm -hmm. and I was quite happy. But I had lots of questions, and I think it was because of the dichotomy of the atmosphere I lived in because I went to a Catholic convent school, and I lived in a Muslim country mm -hmm. with, with Muslim parents, and the messages that I was getting at school and at home, and not so much at home because my parents weren't that uh, dichotomous, but in society, the messages that I was getting were very, very different from what I learned at school. So I had lots of questions and I wasn't getting the answers for it. And it was confusing. It was very confusing to me. Um, the, the discrimination or not discrimination, because that's not the right word, mm -hmm. but the difference in beliefs was so black and white. Yeah. that I couldn't adjust, I couldn't make sense of it. I couldn't make sense of why a certain group of people just based on their religion would be considered better than other people or mm. why, you know, why would there be a difference from the point of view of that entity that we call God? Why is God going to look at two, in my, in my opinion, really nice people and condemn one and, and send the other one to heaven. So I had lots of questions mm. and I, I didn't, in my environment, there were no answers. Because, I mean, every group thought they were right. Yes, of course. Yeah, and we see that, don't we? And that seems to be the source of much conflict. And, you know, I think that if we've got two feet in a heartbeat, we're all very much the same, aren't we? Yes, we are all the same. Mm. And so I had all these questions and... Uh, as I went through life, I collected more questions and I was hungry for the answers. Hmm. And uh, my own life journey actually took me to a place where um, I, I put in the time and the effort to learn in order to find peace. Find because peace. at the end of the day, you want peace within. And in order to find that peace, if you have questions, and you don't have the answers to them, you cannot find peace. No, you need to find the answer, don't you? Now, later on the call, we're gonna be talking about some prominent people as it relates to the law of attraction, but following on from what you've just shared with us, which I'm absolutely loving, thank you so much. Um, I'm wondering who in your life did, you know, I guess in your earlier formative years as you were trying to seek these solutions, were you looking to? Were there any particular well, people? Initially, it was my parents and the nuns at school. Mm. Um, and uh, because I didn't find satisfactory answers, I stopped asking them questions. And then I found mentors. When I got to universities, when I found mentors, mm. that's, when, that's when I started looking beyond the, the confines of the nuns at school and parents yes. at home and, and the radio and television and <laughs> you know, the media in general. So when I got to university, I had excellent professors 
who encouraged me and started provided, providing me with literature. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they would just say, oh, you should really read this book here, take it, you can borrow it and give it back to us. And so that is how I embarked on studying nonfiction. Prior to that, I loved fiction. I was all <laughs> into mystery and romance. I had never tasted philosophy or, mm-hmm. you know, modern thought. And, and so my, my professors are responsible for that. My finance professor, my marketing professor, all of them, they all gave me books. And when I got to the work environment in the corporate world, my bosses, my supervisors gave me books. So they helped my journey along. If it wasn't for them, I would not have come across the literature that I did come across and was able to expand my understanding and and start seeking more of that information. What, what I'm taking away from this is that um, you know your academic exposure and your exposure to so many different perspectives helps to form, I guess, the pieces of the puzzle together. Do you think that's a fair yeah. statement? That's right. And and part of it has to do with traveling with my parents to different countries in the world because mm-hmm. my father's uh, work took him to different places and meeting people from different cultures. And I remember thinking even as a child, I, I don't see a difference because even as a child, I could see that people everywhere were the same. Yes, absolutely. Loving this feedback. And you know, I think to myself, um, when I when I talk with somebody like yourself, you've you've taken a journey into the law of attraction and it's become embedded in your life in a big way i think there's going to be a few people on this call that would love to learn i guess firstly about what you studied at university just for context as well as your professional background and how it was that you you got involved with the law of attraction which was omnipresent anyway wasn't it well uh, i have a very interesting academic background in the sense that (laughs) Um, I, I went to college for pre-medical studies and ended up going um, to medical school, dropped out and studied microbiology instead. And so I did my undergraduates with a major in microbiology. Right. And, and then I shifted because my parents traveled and uh, would not allow me to go to school on my own. So I traveled with them and... As it happened, I had to change my line. So I actually, I I ended up doing my master's in uh, microbiology and Mm -hmm. then shifted into business. Isn't it funny? And then to business. Isn't it funny how, you know, we we do one course of study, then all of a sudden we realize we either don't like it or it's not a good fit for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I loved it all. I absolutely loved microbiology when I was studying it. I wanted to go into research. And when I started studying business, I loved that as well. I think I just have always been a sponge for knowledge. So you give me whatever and I will (laughs) devour it and enjoy it thoroughly because I just love learning. Yeah, that's great feedback. Now, in all of this, I wonder, you know, what was that moment in time and what was the exposure that that one event that um, introduced you to the law of attraction as a rule that you could, I guess, embed into your life? Um, so the thing is, it started being called law of attraction when the movie The Secret came out. But it's something that's been around for a very long time. So even before The Secret came out, I was listening to Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer and um, 
you know, Norman Vincent Peale and Napoleon Hill, and they were all talking about what is now called law of attraction. So I was already well on the journey, but I started calling it the law of attraction once I, once everyone else started calling it the law of attraction. In fact, in my first meeting with law of attraction was very, con I was confused. I was like, law of attraction must have something to do with romance. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this thing? What is this thing everyone is calling law of attraction? It must be about romance. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> And so um, I actually wasn't interested at all in going to watch The Secret because I thought it had to do with romance. <laughs> and uh, and then I discovered that it does not have uh, an impact. Today. <laughs> what could? And <laughs> it could. Yes, 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 it could. But that was not the primary. Yes, yes. Uh, I understand. I understand. And matter. And so um, so then it, there was like oh. This is old stuff, rebranded. It's rebranding and repackaging, something that yes. people in marketing are very familiar with. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you've, you've touched on some, and we'll, we'll continue on in a moment, but you've touched on some fairly prominent names in the you know, quote-unquote law of attraction space. Now, I'm wondering if I may ask you, what do you think about the likes of uh, Tony Robbins and you know, Bob Proctor, who's very well known for his work with the law of attraction? Yes, they are extremely well known and they have contributed a lot to the space. Um, I am not a fan of either one of them mm -hmm. and, um, and for no particular reason except yep, that yep, yep. I, I, but I do respect the work that they've done because I respect the number of lives that they have touched and changed and they have absolutely done that. It's just that their way of speaking does not appeal to my way of learning. Ah, yes, and we're going to be talking about that in some detail in a moment, but before we do, I know that you've obviously had a lot of experience with NLP and you're a level two Reiki and a quantum touch and quantum touch. I'm wondering if we could start there and ask you, what is quantum mm -hmm. touch? It's pretty much the same thing as Reiki without the ritual. Oh, okay. Because you've also gone on to become a Psych K facilitator. Tell us a little bit yeah. about that. Psych K um, is very interesting because it works with using NLP to change belief systems. Right. So NL NLP uses hypnosis to change belief systems. And NL uh, uh, Psych K takes it one step further with sort of bridging some of the work that we do in law of attraction using tools that are hypnosis and NLP based. So they are just shades, uh, they are shades of the same thing. Ah, they are, it's people attempting to improve techniques and offer techniques in different ways to help people who might learn differently. That's all. Isn't it interesting, you know, I think about marketing, which you've had exposure to, and, and I think about pre-framing, then I think about NLP. It's about yeah. positioning a person's mindset so yeah. that you can, I guess, influence them to do what you want them to do. Tell Absolutely. us a little bit about this fascinating process, because I know there'd be a lot of people that would like to know more. Well, the thing is, a belief is just a thought. And NLP has mass, when you study NLP, you master the method for introducing a thought into someone else's thought process in a way that they will accept it. Yes. So you help 
you help people by by giving them uh, an injection of a different perspective which they on their own may not be able to get so, so we talked about earlier all of your exposure to different elements different people different situations that would help you get a well-rounded perspective of life as you see it now how does that apply to the law of attraction and let's start talking about what the law of attraction actually is well all of i think all of my background helps me to understand law of attraction mm -hmm. and teach law of attraction and use strategies that are appropriate for all the varied different types of people that I meet and teach. So all of it plays together. What law of attraction is, is very simple. Law of attraction is a body of knowledge that helps us understand how we think and how to shift our thinking in order to manage our vibration, our, our vibe, Mm -hmm. um, in order for us to attract into our life the results that we want. And so it comes, sorry, go ahead. No, and that applies to anything in our lives? It applies to, it applies to everything. Mm. So it's, the difference comes from rather than making something happen, allowing things to happen, which is something that you really need to wrap your head around because that's not what we learn as we go through school, that's not what we learn as we go through our work lives. We are taught to make things happen. And law of attraction teaches us almost the reverse. You can't force it, can you? You can't force it. You have to allow it. So everything that you want is possible, mm -hmm. provided that you allow it. And so to understand the vibrational part of it, I'll give you an example. This, this thinking helped me to really get it. Um, law of Attraction, as explained by Abraham Hicks, says that there are three steps to the creation process, manifesting of anything that you want in life. Mm -hmm. One, you ask. Number two, source the universe, assembles everything that is needed to get you what you want. And number three, you allow. Those are the three steps. I've altered them a little bit to help mm. my own understanding. And in my own understanding, step one is still you ask. Step two is trust. And step three is allow. So because while the universe is assembling all the components needed in order for things to happen the way you want them to, you've got to trust. So that's why in my mind, those are the three steps. The, the secret sauce is that as long as you're asking, then you cannot step into step two and you cannot step into step three. So if you hold yourself in the asking, nothing further can happen. And the way I got to understand this concept and make a shift that works for me is by understanding that when you go to an exam, mm -hmm. if you keep reading the question over and over again, and never shift into trusting that you know the answer and at least start writing something, then nothing can happen. Oh. Right? So you have to shift, shift from the asking question mode into the answer mode in order for you to complete the task that you're doing. As long as you hold yourself 
repeatedly in asking the question over and over and again, and over. the answer cannot come. It cannot come. And this is why you need somebody like you, yourself to guide people. I, 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 you, you, you mentioned the word trust a little while back. And I yes. think the thing that comes off that for me is does faith play a part in this? Obviously it does. But also, what about those people with low confidence, low senses of self-confidence? You know, they're not asking necessarily wrong questions, yet bad things seems to happen. Why is that? It's it's because law of attraction will give you whatever you pay attention to. Attention. Attention is the magnet, not intention. So I always like to use this differentiation point because most people think, well, I intended this, so why didn't it happen? Well, you were intending it, but when you were worrying, you were paying attention to the opposite of what you intended. And whatever, wherever energy flows, you know, that's what, yes, that's right. Whatever attention goes, energy flows. So if you're giving your attention to it, that is what you're going to manifest because that's what you're giving your energy to. So give, give your energy to your intention. And that is in fact trust because you have to stop worrying. Worry is taking you away from your intention and putting your energy in the wrong place. There'd be a lot of people out there that have a, I guess, a thought profile, for lack of better ways to put it, that um, sees them almost consistently worrying. Yes, is it possible and I was one of them. Is it I was possible, one of them. Is it possible for that personality type to actually yes. turn this around for themselves? Yes. If I can, they can too, because I was a classic A-type warrior, control freak. I was it. If I can do it, <laughs> everyone out there can do it. Yeah, that's fantastic news. And, you know, it, it's very enlightening to, to realize that there is, a, a I guess, a, an omnipresent larger force at play in the universe. Tell us a little bit about how people can actually harness this and start learning the process, if there is a process. Well, uh, it is, it, the process shifts because it's not cookie cutter. Mm, mm. And that's why... If I tell you I did this and I found enlightenment and you go and do the same thing, you may not. And that is what creates confusion is because it's very dependent on the person, their life journey and the beliefs that they have. Yeah. So everyone is going to find it in a different way. But everyone can find it. And it's all about your self-talk and your presence of mind, which is what we call mindfulness. You got to not let your mind run away on autopilot. Yes. Because that's when you don't control whether it is in the asking mode or the answer mode. And invariably, if you're a warrior, when you go off on your autopilot, you are going to land yourself in the, in the question mode. And so you perpetuate the worry. You perpetuate and you slow down the results that should be coming to you. So um, what is the process? The process is you have to find ways to become mindful. Because mm-hmm. nobody is going to swallow poison if they know that that's what they're doing. Unless, <laughs> unless their yes. intention is to, yes. <laughs> yeah, to kick the bucket if yeah. they want to kick the bucket. That's, that's a whole other thing. But if I, so when I discovered that my thoughts were poisonous, my thoughts were poisoning my life. 
So then I said to myself, well, if my thoughts are poisoning my life, that means I need to stop thinking or get a lobotomy. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, the easier, I, I think the less intrusive one is to stop. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that one too. Exactly, right? Um, so, so what I did was, uh, and I, I didn't actually logically think about it. I was guided to it. Yeah. And so you asked, where's this source and how can we harness it? The source is within us. Every cell of our body, of our physical body, contains the energy of source because every cell is alive. Where does that life force come from? It comes from the universe. Yes. So you just have to ask the questions because the answers are inside you. That is very true. They are inside you because the energy of the universe is literally powering every cell of your body. So if you close your eyes and the reason you close your eyes is not because that's a switch that suddenly connects you to the universe. You close your eyes because it cuts out 90% of the distractions that are around you. Yeah. I mean, if you could... If you could pop in some music in your ears and close your eyes, you have probably eliminated 99% of distractions from your environment. Mm -hmm. and so we have to just remove those distractions so that we can go within. Because as long as your five senses are connected to the world around you, you cannot go within. So you've got to find a way to cut that out. When you do, you are able to hear feel and get the messages that the universe is always sending you but you're just not listening to not listening tell us a little bit about uh, as a practitioner as a great case study yourself what does a morning look like for you do you have a particular routine that you follow to get into i guess the right headspace for lack of a better ways to put it absolutely i when i wake up i have horns on my head <laughs> and... <laughs> i love it <laughs> No, no, no. I'm just like anyone else. I am just like anyone else. I wake up. I uh, There's just one thing that I've learned to do differently, and that is to wake up with um, um, a positive statement, which is the same statement, has been now the same statement for over 15 years. And it is, um, it is in the workbook Unlimited that uh, is something that I recommend everyone should go through is basically to wake up and tell yourself that you're going to have a good day. So I just wake up and say, I am so grateful that I have this new day. I want my day to unfold with ease. I want good things to come my way. I want to appreciate people, places and things. I want to be good to myself and others. And I want to end this day feeling happy and satisfied. And I want to remember that all things that I want are possible. Yeah, that's right. So that, 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 those are the words, and I have them written on a cue card because sometimes I wake up and I'm groggy and I don't remember the, <laughs> <Me> the <too>. <laughs> words. Um, so I have them on a cue card on my bedside table. I reach for that. As soon as I am even half awake, I will reach for that. And so... Uh, after I, I read that statement, 
or affirmation or you know whatever you want to call, call it, it. Yep. i am i am ready to start my day and then my day is just like yours i get my tea i take my dog out i feed my cat you do your thing uh, absolutely <laughs> now yeah. we 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 obviously i guess it's a very good segue into my next question about goal setting tell us a little bit about what emotional goal setting is and how this would relate to what we've just talked about so uh, I just gave you an example of emotional goal setting. Mm. That pre-paving, those words that I used are an emotional goal for how I want my day to turn out. You see, what I've discovered is that you need to have an emotional goal because your logical mind is so powerful that when you deviate from a goal, mm. your mind says to you, have you decided to forsake the goal or would you like to go back and get on track again? And so that happens with our activities, but that also happens with our thinking. If I tell myself I want to have a good day and I start getting irritated with someone, my powerful mind is going to remind me that my goal, my emotional goal is to have a very good day. And if I engage with this bugger, I am going to stop <laughs> having a very good day. <laughs> So now I have a decision to make. Do I still want to have a very good day or not? Have I changed my mind and I'm okay now with having a less than satisfactory day? And so we can use this philosophy for everything. I have used this in business with absolutely amazing results because I, I this is pre-paving. It's called pre-paving and that word comes from Abraham Hicks's teachings is I pre-pave every single client appointment. I pre-paved being on this podcast with you. I pre-pave every important segment of time. With very simple wording, it's just that I want to get the most out of this experience and I want the people engaging with me also to get the most out of it. I want to give value and receive value. Yes, absolutely. You certainly are doing that. That's for sure and certain. There's, um, this is one of those topics that could go, like I mentioned at the start of the call, many different layers, many yeah. different dimensions, mm -hmm. certainly not a topic that we can absolutely comprehensively cover in such a short amount of time, relatively speaking. Now, one of the thoughts that I did have is that to condense this knowledge down, you've become a prolific author. Tell us a little bit about your work as an author. Um, I love writing and I love writing because writing puts me in the answer mode. I automatically switch from the question to the answer mm -hmm. as, as we learn to do in school, right? So yeah. I automatically make that switch. And so uh, writing helps me to put answers on, on paper and yeah. share them with everyone. So yes, I absolutely love writing. I have written 15 books so far wow. and there are more more books in my head than i can put down <laughs> on paper so i'm pretty sure that i will never stop writing uh, and more more will be coming um do you have a favorite like, oh my god <laughs> well, that's a you know that's not a fair question that's not right? a fair question <laughs> well i've only written one book so i guess that's a fair question for me <laughs> Every book, every book is like birthing a, a, a new baby, right? It's, yes. it's got something different about it. It's got a, its own personality. It's bringing yes. something of its own into the world. So it depends. It depends on who, what people are looking for and, and what is appropriate for them 
at that point in time, time because yep. life changes next week life is going to be different and then something else might be more appropriate so it's whatever you need at that time and the right thing will always show up you, you just have, have to trust that's where the trust comes, comes in back to trust it's doesn't it and the faith mm-hmm. that it's going to be all good now you have a, a particular book that caught my eye which is called why me tell us a mm-hmm. little bit about that why me um was a blog post that turned into a book <laughs> i started i i had lunch one day with a young friend and he asked me to explain law of attraction to him and as i did that i started drawing uh, on the napkin and, and at the restaurant and and i brought that napkin home and i said oh this is you know good stuff i should share this with people on my blog and so i started writing it as a blog post but by the time i was finished it was too long for a blog post and not long enough for an a proper serious heavy book. book yep yeah and so uh, so what i did was i created a pdf which anyone can download on my website but that that why me it's called why me because that was the question i always asked myself why me why is this happening to me yep why because i'm a good little girl always follow the rules never get into <laughs> trouble so then why am i experiencing abuse and discrimination and you know all sorts of things, uh, things that are unwanted why is all of this happening to me and so um i devised the pieces of the puzzle fit together for me and i figured out why i was getting what i was want was oh, getting and and that is what we talked about when we talked about intention and attention my intention was always in the right place my attention was always in the wrong place wrong place it's contrast isn't it now i know that you've helped countless people get get the difference and understand it go from the answers to the answers and it's certainly making it much clearer for me so thank you so very much for sharing now you also have some programs you have some courses and you also provide coaching tell us about yeah. these things well um so i think that baby steps are a good thing i think that you know uh, the foundation uh, education foundation has to be laid properly and i feel that there's a lot of fluff and noise around law of attraction and the reason that i've created programs that build one on top of the other mm-hmm. in terms of understanding is because i want to cut out that noise because there are a lot of people who think they understand law of attraction and actually are doing more damage than than uh, helping people because they're missing out on important nuances that if you don't understand them you can actually end up pushing away the things that you want so i have a, a course called the 16 fundamental principles for manifesting success which is the starting place if you're looking for um if you prefer video teaching video uh, style yes, yes. then that's for those people for people who prefer to read the place to start is the unlimited 40 day law of attraction workbook um because with that workbook you i teach the workbook every single day so yep. monday to friday i you teach the workbook yes so i teach it online and anyone who buys the book can join the workout um 
I think that those are good places to start. And then it just depends on where you want to go with it. Because if you want to learn more, there's so much so more. So much, yeah, absolutely. This has been a, just a fantastic call. And if you're on the call and you're looking for more information, where are they actually going to go to find it? To my website, zmahoon.com. So it's Z-M-A-H-O-O-N.com. Everything is on there. Well, um, yeah. again, uh, as is normally the case, I'll be making sure that the links back to uh, Zara and her wonderful books and the courses and the coaching and everything that's going to take you away from the answers to the answers is available for you. And with that all being said, Zara, thank you so very much for joining me on the My Future Business Show today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.